0: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us in the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Why am I not surprised? that you got that kind of reaction from Steve Levy yesterday when both of you guys did a tremendous job with the Ravens versus the Browns. I don't know who was better, the Ravens' offense or you two together. But I'm surprised it took that long for you to get that kind of reaction out of Steve Levy yesterday when you guys were doing the game on ESPN radio.
1: <laughs> it, it, was, it was hilarious. I caught, I caught Steve off guard. But it, but it made me think. I was like, man, Lamar Jackson coming out of defender, full speed in the open mm-hmm. field, Like, just imagine the things that that defender has going through their head. And I'm pretty sure pooping their pants is an option.
0: Are you sure? Yep, I'm pretty a good sure. authority. I don't know how oh, yeah. legitimate these <laughs> rankings and these surveys are
1: based on, based on what you just put out But we had, a, man, we had a fun day. Uh, I had another one when, uh-huh. you know, Mark Andrews went up and climbed the ladder. Lamar Jackson threw a pass high, perfect location. Absolutely. And he went up and climbed the ladder, right, to go get it, catch a touchdown pass. I told Steve, I said, man, you know, back in the day, there was a movie called White Men Can't Jump. Yes, there I was. I do not think that is true. That was Mark I, not Andrews. anymore.
0: Not with <laughs> Mark Andrews, especially the way he did that. I mean, he didn't have to worry about Lamar Jackson going to him you were almost there like Sidney Dean did to Billy, Ho- <laughs> Billy Hoyle yep. back in that movie but you had some kind of week in between your Louisville Cardinals not a top 25 winning on Friday night it was so good for them that the North Carolina State team decided to replace Brendan Armstrong as their starting quarterback so thanks your Louisville Cardinals for doing that you're part of Notre Dame versus Duke scene that game on Saturday and then Browns versus the Ravens on Sunday you had some kind of fun filled Harry Douglas kind of weekend.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And, and Wednesdays, I, I go up to New York to do Get Up on Thursday. So uh-huh. uh, I had a busy schedule. Yeah. I love it. Um, I don't run away from it. I Absolutely. enjoy working. Y'all know how much I love the grind. But it was just a thing of beauty, like to be able to see everything go on in one weekend. And my Louisville yeah. Cardinals, being able to talk to Jeff Brom, and now they're ranked in the top 25. So mm. they play. This weekend, Notre Dame. That's right. And we're doing Texas Oklahoma from the uh, the Red River uh, rivalry. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch halftime of that game. Okay. I'm gonna hop on an airplane uh-huh. and head straight to Louisville right. for the Louisville Notre Dame game. You, I gotta support who? my I gotta support my card. Who are you, Kirk Herbstreit? Just going from place to place to place all over the place. I'm trying to get to where Kirk is.
0: I'm trying to get there. That's rarefied air. If you get anywhere near (laughs) there, that means the air is really, really thin by getting up to that rarefied air.
1: The very first flight on Sunday morning leaving Louisville. Uh I'm on the 6 a.m. because I have to come home, I have to get my kids, and I'm taking them to the Falcons versus the Houston Texans game. So, you know, I'm going to be in daddy mode on Sunday. I'm going to be paying attention to the games, but I'm also going to be in daddy mode.
0: Well, do yourself a favor with your Falcons, bring an offense, because they can sure use it as the last couple of weeks. Did I say that out loud? Have I said too much? Have I gone too far? I certainly have. Or just tell the quarterback to protect the football. Uh, Well, as you like to say, Speak the truth and shame the devil. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I did about your Falcons when it comes to the last <laughs> couple of weeks and their lack of offensive stylings. By the way, you can always be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation. Speak that truth on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. That's 888-ESPN. By the way, Freddie and Harry Nation. It's presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. The main thing, the main thing. The main thing, the main thing. The main thing, the
1: main thing. The main thing, the main
0: thing. The Main Thing with Freddie and Harry. Oh, we come not to bury Zach Wilson or the New York Jets anymore. No, 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 no. Got to give him his flowers. Got to give him his praise. He has earned each and every bit of that from what happened. I know they lost 23-20 to 20 to Kansas City Chiefs. I know that that fumble set everything in motion for the Jets to not pull off the upset when they were an eight-and-a-half-point underdog to a team that has made the AFC Championship game, Harry, the last five years. But two things jumped out to me other than his performance last night. Number one, by him playing that well, it reduced all the Taylor Swift shots we saw on NBC TV. Yeah. The final count was 17. If Zach Wilson had stunk like he did the last couple of weeks, that would have been near 50 in a matter of seconds on that broadcast on NBC. So that's number one. Number two, the New York Jets finally, finally, finally helped Zach Wilson. And we said it on Friday. You know what? Let him loose. Let him do his thing. What do you got to lose? I just want to know, Harry, why did it take this long, even though it's been a short amount of time? Why did it take this long for Nathaniel Hackett, Jets offensive coordinator, to figure that out to allow Zach Wilson to play free like he did and have success like he did?
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know why it took him this long, because it's not like they didn't know Zach Wilson was on this roster when Nathaniel Hackett came to be the offensive coordinator, right? So right then and there, you should understand his skill set, what he does best, what's uh, not his strong suits, what's his weaknesses, all of his strengths. You should know that as an offensive play caller. Not just Zach Wilson, but every single person on your offense, on your roster, that's your job as an offensive coordinator. But I got to give them credit, man. They had the – Proper game plan. And the, ball, the the game plan was to get the football out of his hands quick. And credit to uh, Zach Wilson because he was decisive. He was precise in the past game. He was confident. Freddie, that's the most important thing to me. He was throwing the football last night with confidence. He – Looked like he belonged to the National Football League and the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, and I can't help but harp on the ball placement in which he gave those tight ends. Garrett Wilson, he was feeding him early and often. He had nine catches. He got him the ball, the tight ends. All three guys were incorporated within the offense last night, and then they ran it a little bit when they had to. So, shots out to Nathaniel Hackett for doing his job uh, really, really well this week, and also Zach Wilson for... Understanding, he had nothing to lose, man. Absolutely. He had nothing to lose. No doubt so about that. So go out that. there and let it all hang. Sometimes you, gotta, you got a pair of them, you got to let them drop. You got to <laughs> let them drop. That's what was Zach Wilson did it, last call. night.
0: Steve Levy was yesterday. I mean, I'm used to this from you. <laughs> Steve Levy was yesterday. <laughs> but he didn't let the ball drop until that fumble that he had Oof. off the snap. He was trying to look over there, trying yep. to see what the defense was doing. He's not the first quarterback that has happened to. He won't be the last quarterback that it, has that happened to. But even after the game was over if it wasn't it will we know it was not his team before this what he said after the loss last night could go a long way for this finally becoming his team in New York when it comes to Jack Wilson the quarterback of the Jets
2: yeah that's on me I you know critical situation I can't I can't have a play like that I cannot drop the ball you know and this team is sacrificing a lot you know guys were making plays defense was making plays O-line was protecting um, the receivers were making plays and to be driving right there and to, to drop a snap, you know, I cannot do that. You know, I lost us that game, and I cannot do that. And I was making it clear to those guys that I need to be better. I need to be better on the little things, the details. Um, it can't happen.
1: In a football game, man, things happen, right? Things happen all the time. And, yes, if you're Zach Wilson, you don't want that fumble to, ha- to happen. But he played an amazing game. Um, I think probably the best of his career against a quality opponent, against a defense that was top 10 in the National Football League Oh, yeah, I thought the offensive line did a great job on Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones only had one sack in that ball game. So for the most part, they did a great job offensively. That play did haunt them. But let me say this. I'm going to shift things to the defensive side. Did the defense Uh play good? Could they have played great? Yes, they could have played great. Because we harp on Zach Wilson so much, that's mm-hmm. three weeks in a row that this defense has had an opportunity okay. to have game changing plays. And I know Patrick Even against Mahomes, the Cowboys. Yeah, that drop pick six. That's that rare. Dro- That yeah. drop pick six okay. kind of if they because remember Dallas went down and scored a touchdown after dropped that drop pick six. Absolutely, that's fair. That could have altered and changed things for the for the New York Jets. But what I mean last night is you had to drop interception by C.J. Mosley. Right, You have the busted coverage again that allowed Noah Gray to score a touchdown. And then you had an opportunity as a defense, even though Zach Wilson fumbled that football, right? Yeah. You're an elite defense. Mm-hmm. I need you to be elite in elite moments, right? The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs had four third downs. They had a third and 23, a third and 20, a third and one, and a third and eight, in which Patrick Mahomes got with his legs and slid down to run the timeout after that. You got to get off the field on third down. I understand Zach Wilson can't fumble that football, but now you up. You're up. It's your turn to be elite. So get a stop on third down. Get off the football field. Get a ball back to your offense so Zach Wilson has another opportunity.
0: Jets fans will tell you this. Not me as a Jets fan, but two guys who Charmaine Nameless, Mark Morales, and Samuel Pierce who work on our show. They were hooting and hollering. Not about the sauce Gardner play. They didn't think that was a hold. But the one in that third and 22 play where Patrick Mahomes runs for a first down and Johnson is getting held. Jermaine Johnson got held, and Mark Morales and Samuel Pierce were holding their breath. They were hooting and hollering on our text <laughs> chain last night. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, had this to say about both of those instances that were not called in favor of his football team. Talk
3: about the, the holding call on Sauce Gardner. Oh, I'm not going to comment on that. I already Is did that what you are upset about when you got called for the yeah county? There was
2: several times where Jermaine Johnson looked like he was um, very much being held by the offense, despite there not being any penalty. Have any thought on that? Or did you see anything? I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'm going to stay quiet.
0: Now, two things. Number one, in modern football, you're not going to get away with that you saw Gardner. I get it. That game had been physical. That penalty may not have been called in the first, second, or third quarter. But in minor football, you get any kind of tug in the jersey up by their shoulder pads, as they said in the old comics, my helmet and my shoulder pads, you get your arms up there and tug a little bit and turn the guy, more often than not, the referee's going to catch that. So I get it with Jets fans upset about that, number one.
1: And I, and I hate the call. I, I, hate I don't it. like the call but, either.
0: But, but but in minor it football, happened. it yep. does happen. It, because that was flipped the other way. Jets fans would not be complaining on this Monday about that, helping their team and not hurting Kansas City. And when it comes to Jermaine Johnson being held, I get that. But let's say he wasn't held. Do we actually believe he's going to catch Twinkle Toes on a full sprint, running for the first down on third and 22? Jermaine Johnson would need to be Usain Bolt to catch him in that situation. So the holding calls were awful. The one that wasn't called and the one that was called, I get it. But to your point, if you're the Jets defense, your guy fumbled the ball in the middle of the field with 724 to play. 724. They never seen the ball again.
1: again. I'm going to take it a step further. Okay, let's say the third and 20, third and 23, you you didn't get off the field in in that case. There was a third and one that you could have got off the field or forced a field goal. There was a third and eight with two minutes left Mm -hmm. in which you had an opportunity to get off the field and you probably would have got the ball back with some time left to try to go down and score a touchdown. That's if the Kansas City Chiefs would have made that field goal. So you still had other chances to get off that football field as a defense and you didn't do it.
0: Yeah. I'm just glad that Zach Wilson played that way as a Jets fan. Yeah. I don't know if he will get the locker room. I don't care about that. The fact that we don't have to throw him any dirt today. We're throwing him flowers because he deserved it. Even though he did not make that play, that allowed the ball to go back to the defense. And he saved plenty of America from seeing Taylor Swift over and over and over and over and, <laughs> over and over and over and over again but I got
1: I gotta give a lot of credit to this one young lady though because she's living her best life you Taylor Mama Kelsey yeah, how about Mama Kelsey? Man, Get some Mama, love. Some games in one day,
0: in and the Phili- boys won in, both games? In,
1: in Philadelphia, oh, yeah. watching her one baby, sitting with Jake from State Farm. I know. How about she, that? She comes over to New York to see her other baby. Mm-hmm. Both of them won. That's right. And she's in there with Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Taylor Swift, living her best life. I just got one question, though, Freddie. I got What's one that? question. What's that? Where the hell is daddy at? Is daddy, daddy What pops at, man?
0: Do we really care about Pops in this situation?
1: Man, yes, man, I do. I, I care about them. Because these em. fathers need credit
0: as I, well. I understand that, but I don't know what's going on in the Kelsey household. It's none of your business. <laughs> it's none of my business. <laughs> Just like you told leave your daddy alone on Friday about your <laughs> lack of toys your childhood, you leave the Kelsey's daddy alone, whatever's going on in that household as far as that goes. We're not going there here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas <laughs> and Freddie Coleman. Ain't nothing, wrong.
1: Ain't nothing wrong with Papa Kelsey's eyes. I'm pretty sure he wanted to see who was in the suite.
0: Stay out of grown dad's business, I'm telling you right now. Fred and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, daddy's insurance, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com.
1: Here's the snap.
2: Takes the handoff to Murray. Throws in the end zone. It's a trifecta for Stephon Geeks. Our thought process every time we touch the ball is to score. Okay. You
0: dig it? I'm gonna go back to a certain confirmation and conversation that we had before we talked to AJ Espinessa, outstanding, outstanding defenseman of the Buffalo Bills when he joined us last week before the Buffalo Bills took on Miami and they beat the fool out of them, 48 to 20. A certain Bills mafia leader, known as our Sports Center anchor, not a- anchor tress. That's how I'm gonna look at that. She's not just an anchor; she's an anchor tress. She is Christine Lisi. She said, AJ. Handle that business.
4: Hey AJ, this is Christine Lisi, huge Bills fan and proud member
0: of Bills Mafia. Thanks for coming on with my guys, Freddie and Harry, today. Go Bills! And oh, by the way, squish the fish this weekend. So Christine Lisi, we gotta bring You, in on this. you put it out there, AJ. Go out there and stomp those fish. They stomp those fish. Miss Christine Lisi, the floor is yours as leader Bills Mafia on ESPN Radio. Take it
4: it was awesome like Freddie, you and i are around the same age and i don't know if you feel like this as a jets fan like for all the tom brady stuff and the patriots uh-huh. for 20 years like miami just has always hit differently for me um because oh, yeah. miami owned the bills in the in the 80
0: in the 70s excuse me mm-hmm. and then just it became Morgan with Marino and Kelly, and then it, you know it, it kind of like petered out the last few years, and now that that rivalry is back. And
4: I always think that's it's great for. I think that rivalry is great for football, and it's nice it's nice to have it back. But yesterday was really nice. <laughs> that was that was really nice,
0: <laughs> now, and it was on here, so it was awesome. Uh, yes, uh, yes, indeed. Miss
1: Christine, me. I have something for you because you know after that Monday night football game versus the Jets. You know, Josh Allen really felt bad about everything that happened. And I and I said, watching his post-game interview and the way he probably felt going into that locker room, understanding that that loss was on him, this was my mindset after that. I think it could be a blessing in disguise for him because what I heard, you know, his post-game pressure and I seen that body language and the tone in his voice and the hurt and the disgust in himself. Absolutely. Knowing that... The first game of the year, everything that y'all went through a season ago, y'all could have set the tone last night, but the leader, the tone setter of this football team, didn't do his part. And he is the reason why, himself, that they didn't get a chance to win that football game. Everything is going to be all right. Look Just trust the process. Miss <laughs> Christine Lacy,
0: you are wise, my love. Yeah, exactly. I got a better one for both of you. Since we're talking about Buffalo, I'm gonna go to the words of Joe Public. You've got to live and learn. Uh, you got uh, to I warned y'all. I said y'all keep on getting on the Buffalo Bills and you keep forgetting about them. What's going to happen? And I hate to use this kind of term on national radio. They play pissed off on Sunday. They did. If they play like that, that's a warning to not just the AMC, but everybody in the media that counted them out, that were dogging on Josh Allen. That team was sick and tired of hearing about Miami and 70 points and 726. And we all said on Friday, okay, Miami, they've been playing seven-on-seven seven football the first three weeks. What are they going to look like when they get hit? Because they were going to get hit. And Tua got hit. But they all got hit. And Harry, you mentioned before we got in the air today. You said those wide receivers, they were like,
1: La 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 la, <laughs> running off the line.
0: La 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 la. No one's touching us. And Buffalo went, mm, mm, mm. And all of a sudden they were like, mm, 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 mm. I don't want to mm, 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 mm. It's
1: a pride thing, Freddie. It is, but you it's, know it's, what? it's a pride thing, man. But if Buffalo plays like that, pissed
0: off the rest of the year the AFC better watch out for the Buffalo Bills.
1: No, I I believe so, too. And it's just a a blessing in disguise for their entire team, right? Because, you know, all the talk leading up to that game was the 70 points that the Miami Dolphins were able to score. And, you know, are they the greatest – you know, offensive team ever. Uh-huh. And, and what did I say Friday? Uh-huh. Talk to me when they win a Super Bowl. Don't disrespect the greatest show on turf like that. Absolutely. But I got to give Sean McDermott a lot of credit because the way to stop something like that is that you have to be physical, right? You have to press those wide receivers, put them in press, put the defensive backs in press coverage, disrupt the timing, and shout out to that offensive line, Gregory Rousseau who had two sacks, Leonard Floyd who came over from the Los Angeles Rams, also Ed Oliver. If tremendous. you weren't able to get home, get your hands Hands up because Tua wants to get the football out of his hands quick. Also, you look at, we talk about a football team, the Buffalo Bills, that were able to sack Tua four times, hit him consistently. This is a guy who was only sacked, what, one time in the first three games? One time. So to be able to do that in that defensive game plan was phenomenal for the Buffalo Bills, on top of, from an offensive standpoint, Josh Allen going 21 to 25 for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. And him improvising, but also at the same time, taking what the defense gave them when the Miami Dolphins didn't play man coverage. And I got to tell Vic Fangio this. Okay. Number four. Man, I can't even pronounce his name right now, and I'm sorry.
0: You know you pronounce him? Toast, because that's what he was yesterday.
1: To leave that young man a second-year player and man coverage on Stephon Diggs over and over and over and over again. Is disrespectful to the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Diggs. Last time I checked, Xavier Howard is your number one corner. Mm-hmm. It's okay to put Xavier Howard on him. Right. Or if I'm Xavier and Howard. I'm going to be like Jair Alexander was last year when he didn't get a chance to shadow mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson the first time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to shadow him. They didn't let me do it. You're right. supposed to go to the coach and ask him, hey, let me get that responsibility this week. I want that responsibility. Not sit over there and let somebody else guard him. Right. As a number one corner, you're supposed to be one of the best in the league. You're supposed to go accept that challenge and say, I got Stephon Diggs. We're not going to put anyone else on him. I was disappointed. The,
0: the Bills, you know what they did? Not just hit Miami, but they also hit the two guys that called plays. They hit Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator slash head coach, and Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator. Their physicality on both sides of the football affected their game planning. Mike McDaniel said, all, the ga- all the things we can do before can't do it now because these guys hitting us in the face that we've taken not one but two steps back. I thought they intimidated his play calling defensively when it comes to Buffalo. And offensively, they put Vic Fangio. No one usually puts baby in the corner like in a the movie. <laughs> they put that baby in the corner when it comes to Vic Fangio and that defense. He basically said, you know what? I just got to take this L and deal with it because the way they were running the football early and Josh Allen, perfect passer rating. But it wasn't so much that, the decision-making. Mm. I go back to one play. The first throw he made for a touchdown to Gabe Davis. Man, you could have you, you could have put any kind of rope on a of state still going to Beung, the end zone. Beung. The one play that shows that kind of maturity that people want if you were going to see or hoping to see with Josh Allen. In the second quarter, has to run out of pocket. Pressure got to him. Instead of trying to make like Superman or trying to force the ball here or running over dudes, Stephon Diggs got clear, and he hit him right between the numbers into the end zone for a touchdown. There's no way he does that week one this season. There's no way he does that any point last season. If he's doing that and they got that kind of attitude, the AFC better watch out. The Buffalo Bills, they're not sending messages, but they let it be known. Media, AFC, y'all dogged us all week. You dogged us since week one. We got tired of that nonsense, and they beat the fool out of Miami yesterday on that Sunday.
1: In that touchdown play, you're talking about the Stefan Diggs, his first one, that was in the red zone. The Buffalo Bills were 5 for 6, 83% in the red zone. They were 50% on third downs. They came in yesterday with a purpose. Absolutely. And they let everyone know, uh, the last three years, we won the division. Don't forget that. Like Lil Boosie said, he has a son. Don't forget about me. Uh, don't forget about me, baby. That's what the Buffalo Bills tell everybody in don't the National Football League. i not put Lil Boosie and the Buffalo Bills yeah, in the same I, I sentence. I like Lil Boosie.
0: That's okay. To each their own. <laughs> but don't do that to the nation. It's bad for <laughs> Bill's mafia. It's bad for their souls. And damn it, it's bad for Bill's country. As far as that goes, he's <laughs> Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter, HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ES part of Freddie and Harry. And you're 25 minutes away. From that discussion, when it comes to Patriots coach Bill Belichick, and his future that comes you in 25 minutes and we will discuss with an FOS friend of the show how the Buffalo Bills beat the Fins out of the Miami Dolphins keep it here on ESPN radio
2: the Freddie and Harry podcast It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
0: It is the Reggae Monday edition of Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And we're gonna groove you on Monday. We need Jay Boogie, Jay Groove himself, known as Jeremy Fowler. ESPN. Hey, 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 what's up, we're good man. Thanks you for joining us in the studio. Great of follow on social media, Jay Fowler, ESPN. We talked about the Buffalo Bills yesterday beating the Fins out of Miami. After hearing all that conversation, we had AJ Espinosa, their defensive end on last week. Yeah. And even he got tired of it. People
3: are always going to look down on us for something. And that's, I just feel like that's how it's always been my entire career. Whatever school or whatever team I'm a part of. So that's nothing foreign to us as a team. And uh, we like to take that as a challenge, you know, give them something to talk about is really, really what our mindset goes, goes to from there. So we really want to let our business talk on Sundays and, and, uh, and not worry about too much about what everybody's saying.
0: Challenge accepted. What kind of message did he send to the AFC? no,
3: No, Nobody's down
0: on Buffalo. They're, they're playing me against the world card.
3: I picked Buffalo to the Super Bowl. So Yes, you did. Uh, yeah, they, they needed that edge because of Miami and the situation there then putting up 70 points. It was a convenient storyline for Buffalo to say, well, hey, look, we can hang with you. They f- looked at their point differential was almost as good as Miami's in the first three weeks. Like They were putting up right. points weeks two and three for sure. So uh, they saw that as an opportunity to – capitalize on not only the stefan Diggs and josh allen connection still being strong they just feel like they're a good overall team a good overall roster even without von miller that defense is really good matt milano's might be the best linebacker in the league right now you know fred warner uh, probably gets that cake but uh it's, they just like they're built for 12 to 13 wins a year that's how they've been for the last three or four years so i think they just reaffirm that
1: Jeremy, what about the job that Sean McDermott did from a defensive perspective in the game plan, right? And being physical with the wide receivers, the defensive line, if they didn't get home, get your hands up. They actually did hit Tua consistently. What were your thoughts on the game plan by Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills?
3: Yeah, well, that seems to be key with Tua. If he's back there comfortable and has time and has pockets of space in front of him, he's going to hit it because he's accurate and he's – a creative good passer, but if you can just make them wait back there an extra tick, which it looks like Buffalo did with their pressure Mm -hmm. uh, and how their linebackers and safeties and corners could could sort of flood those spaces, uh, make it less obvious for him to throw into, then, uh, you know, it made for a longer day. You know, I I think Miami is good enough to adjust and learn from that. You know, Mike McDaniel, I think, told reporters he wished he stuck with the run a little bit longer in games like that, especially in, like, more of a playoff atmosphere, you're probably going to have to rely on that some. And they have it with Raheem Mostert uh, and the rookie. You know, um, Shame, ch- I know. He's going to mess up his name. He it's changed his name ch- for he,
0: he has over two yards rushing. Then he decided to do a name change. I know. That's what he decided I, to I do. Was,
3: I was afraid to say it, but he's, <laughs> he's going to be really good. So I think they're going to rely on that in, in more spots down the road in games like this.
0: Great stuff by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL senior reporter. Hit him on social media. Jay Fowler, ESPN. I'm Freddie And Harry on ESPN Radio. How much trouble are those Cincinnati Bengals? really and no matter what happens with their quarterback joe burrow
3: you know it's weird because i've been checking on that today and i I talked to some people over there that they said burrow is improving and he they had a good week of practice okay offense included so yesterday was just kind of like a confusing cluster like they were trying to figure it out it was just a bad performance as a team which looks bad against the backdrop of the calf injury um but it sounds like he is improving a little bit you know, I've tried to ask around, like, are they going to shut him down? I don't get that sense mm-hmm. right now. But, uh, you know, uh, Zach Taylor c- could feel differently in the future just because if, if it's one of those things where the mobility is so limited. And I talked to scouts. I talked to people who were at that game. Everybody said the same thing. Like, he's, he's obviously not moving around like he should be. Like, the feeling in the stadium was the same as on the broadcast, you know. Um, but it's one of those things where everybody plays hurt. He's their best option by far still. Um you know, there aren't a lot of other options out there unless you want to go get a Joe Flacco or a Carson Wentz, which at this stage probably doesn't make a lot of sense for them. If the Jets can
0: go get those two, um, there's no need for Cincinnati to go probably, get those two.
3: Probably, yeah. So, you know, they still figure Joe Burrow, 70 or 80% is still good. Um, you know, they're hoping he can just heal over time. And it, do, it does sound like he got a little better last week. It might not have shown on the field. Uh, but, you know, they feel like they're still pretty close. I know that seems odd, but it's not total. I don't sense total panic over there.
1: I'm about to ask you this though. Would you count them out right now at one and three?
3: I'm not going to go there yet. I'm going to give it a couple weeks. Okay. I just, yeah. Tennessee's a weird team. Like, like they can put it on you when you don't expect it. Like, yep. I think teams write them off because they look really bad sometimes, and then they come and beat you down, 27 to three. Like, it it does happen with that team in particular. So I'm not going to overreact to that yet. But in a couple weeks, you know, the offense still looks the same, and you got to wonder. I think Jamar Chase is pretty clear. Yeah. With him, he's give like, give me the bleeping ball. <laughs> he's just, he's like, uh, I, th- I think it's like, look, if I got any sort of one-on-one or even a two-on-one, it's probably worth trying to throw
1: it up. Damn to it, me. Jeremy, I'm always open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw me the ball. You
3: are always open. <laughs> I'm always
4: I'm not, open. Yeah. I'm not covering you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, sometimes you got to leave Harry alone, even when Harry does not want to be left alone. By the way, upcoming <laughs> schedule for Cincinnati Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, Texans, and Ravens. Those are the next six games Ooh. for the Cincinnati Bengals. If they're not in trouble now, we'll find out a lot about them even starting next year, the Cardinals team not a me anymore. That's for sure. are the Cardinals either. I mean, they were in the game against San Francisco yeah. 49s before they just got overrun when it was all said and done. Yeah. Jimmy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter on Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio. According to Shane Steichen, the, I- the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, yeah. running back Jonathan Taylor is going to return to practice on Wednesday. So, where do we actually stand? Because he's coming up the pup list, but we know he's still unhappy about still playing Indianapolis at those prices.
3: Right, it's big that he's come back to practice. I think that's a huge step because it seems like the relationship is a little better. I, okay, I don't think that all is forgiven and all that, but time tends to mend these situations. And I'm not sensing a lot of trade traction right now. That was before the season, and Miami was a key player there. And Miami, we just talked about the running game; like they have more than enough. You know, I don't think they need to give up. I, I just don't sense a team is in the mood to give up a high day two pick. Okay. For Jonathan Taylor, no matter how good he is. Cleveland is a one team I'm still kind of keeping my eye on just because of the Nick Chubb injury and, and the way they're built right. to run the ball. But, I, you know, G.M. Andrew Barry, I think at this stage, is more open to doing late-round picks for trades, you know, like uh, creative trades as opposed to giving up a lot for a guy right now at least. I just so I, don't, I don't sense that there's an opening there. You know, I've checked with some teams, and they're either not hearing anything or they still think the Colts would need a lot to do it, which makes it hard. Maybe closer to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Especially if he's performing well, um, it's tough because on one end, like Indy was getting it done with at least in a couple of games of Zach Moss yes. as their running back, right. which speaks to the overall uh, landscape of that position. But then again, you got this elite guy who can obviously get it done and maybe even take you over the top, and, and maybe he plays and gets them even better and they win. You know, they're four and two in two weeks, so we'll see.
1: Well, have have the Colts surprised you in the job that Shane Steichen has been able yeah. to do? Because right now, every team in the AFC South. They're all two and two, but Indy right now they're ahead, I guess, by tiebreakers or whatnot. Have they surprised you up until this point? Because a lot of people probably thought, especially Jonathan Taylor not being there and being on the PUP list, that this team had no chance, and they're sitting right here in the thick of things early on in the season.
3: Yeah, I would say a little bit. I knew Shane Steichen was a good play caller, so I knew the offense should have a good rhythm to it, you know, and that he would help Anthony Richardson. But this is a situation where. The the more I heard about Richardson and Shane Steichen's affinity for him, more I, I got a little surprised. Just because in the draft, we know he's immensely talented, but in the draft, mm-hmm. every team I talked to said, "Send him a year. He's, he needs a year." And they not only are, are playing in Week One, but they're giving him a lot, like okay. more and more, on his plate every week. Like they're not afraid to let him throw a forty times in a game if they need to. They didn't need to the other day, but um, there's a lot of trust between the, the head coach and the quarterback. Like there's there's are good vibes there, which has carried over, and I think that. They've still drafted pretty well there, even though they're sort of in a competitive rebuild. Mm-hmm. So I think that's carried over. Like, the defense is still pretty good. Right. Still have Gus Bradley on that side of the ball, who's kind of like an assistant head coach slash DC. So there are enough pieces there. But I'm still mildly surprised. They're, they've been a little more competitive than I thought. And pulling out that Ravens win, and the Ravens are obviously a good team right now, you know, that's pretty big.
0: 30 seconds left. The date is April 25th, 2024. As of right now, the draft started today. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears will have not only the number one pick, yeah. but the number two pick in the NFL Sh- draft true or false they take Caleb Williams out of USC and Marvin Harrison Jr. the wide receiver <laughs> of Ohio State with those picks
3: well the the number one would be a slam dunk number two I mean that's the I think it would be the obvious pick uh based on all that we've seen and heard about Marvin Harrison Jr. if if Ryan Poles is the GM making that pick I, I think he's big on value I can see him trying to trade out of that too what do you mean if he's the get, GM well I, I assume he's gonna be the GM okay I, I, but, <laughs> Chicago has been an absolute mess. I, I think, is, that yeah. right, <laughs> so, is that right, Jeremy? Is that right? No, no, I, I'm not, like, saying anything there. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just making this, the this statement hypothetically. I, get, I, I, expect I just him like to make start trouble. No, I know. I, know. <laughs> I got to cover myself there a little bit. I, he's big on value. He likes to trade back and all that. So I could see him doing that, trying to get value at two. Right just because of the nature of the position wide receiver. But he's the safe pick. I, I, that's what I would do. I would take him. No
0: doubt. I appreciate you being a good sport <laughs> as always, Jeremy, even though we give you a lot of grief. Yes, Thanks, my brother. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Grace stuff by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter. Always great when he stops by here on Freddie and Harry. Stop by and hit him up on Twitter at JFowlerESPN with Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Pages coach Bill Belichick said this yesterday after his team got beat by the Dallas Cowboys 38-3.
4: I think we have pretty good talent on offense. We just you know, haven't been able to find a good, consistent group
0: with it does his owner believe they will find that groove before the end of the season we'll get to that next on the espn radio and the espn app this is the freddie and harry podcast on espn radio
1: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day
0: but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
2: Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Sometimes you just need a reggae Monday to put you in the right kind of frame of mind, especially... If you're a Patriots fan on this Monday after what happened to your team on Sunday to the Dallas Cowboys, with Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Pages are one and three for the third consecutive season. After they lost to the Dallas Cowboys, Bill Belichick had this to say in the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. In Boston, Massachusetts trying to find the word when it comes to grooving the Patriots in twenty twenty three.
4: I think we have pretty good talent on offense. We just, you know, haven't been able to find a good consistent groove with it. We just weren't able to we weren't able to play well enough.
2: You know, we played three games, four games, three games we turned the ball over and lost. One game we didn't turn the ball over and didn't get sacked and won. So I think we know what the formula is. We've just got to do a better job of it and what we can do is is uh, keep working hard,
4: keep fighting, and improving the areas we need to improve in, and that's what we're going to try to do.
1: Yeah, I think um, Bill is in denial. They have decent talent on
2: offense.
1: <laughs> they have de- I'm being real. They I have decent, decent. I love decent- you I love you're kind of like slow news that
0: you know. I think Bill's in denial. Yeah, he, he's in denial. They
1: have decent talent on offense mm-hmm. because. Let's just look at the entire division, right, Freddie? When you look at the Miami Dolphins, right, they have Tyreek Hill. When you look at the Jets, they have Garrett Wilson. You look at the Bills, mm-hmm. they have Stephon Diggs. When you look at the New England Patriots, uh, question mark. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to the running back position. When you look at the Dolphins, you have a you have Mostert. You also, for the Jets, you have Brees Hall, you have Dalvin Cook. When you look at the Bills, you have James Cook and Damian Harris, a guy that used to be in New England. When you look at the New England Patriots, you have – Ezekiel Elliott, and you have Ramondre Stevenson. Now, what's missing for the New England Patriots, from a running back perspective, I'm accustomed to seeing guys like James White, Deion Lewis, yeah. Rex Burkhead, Cordell Patterson, Shane Vereen, Danny Woodhead. Talk you that know, talk. Th- th- Those backs that can really put linebackers in some silly positions. And I'll go back to my last year in the National Football League when we played the Patriots in the playoffs when I was with the Tennessee Titans. And their running back room, put our linebacking room on skates, eight skate and donate the whole damn night. (laughs) I mean, the whole night. So much so, when they got to the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles had the personnel, right? So you got to put corners, you got to put safeties on those running backs coming out of the backfield so you don't get beat up. In, in that manner. So that's another thing that's missing from the New England Patriots from an offensive uh, perspective. I understand Bill O'Brien is there now, and you have a better guy calling plays, but the personnel that we are accustomed to seeing from a New England football team when they were winning yeah, is not the personnel we're seeing now when it comes to the wide receiver position. I remember Randy Moss, my mm-hmm. mentor coming to the league, Deion had a chance to talk to him this weekend, one of the coaches from the University of Louisville. Okay. You had him. Troy Brown. You you had Julian uh, Edelman. You had Wes Welker. You had, you had all these guys, right? Danny Amendola. You had all these guys. Now, when I look at the New England Patriots, that's not what I see from an offensive standpoint. That's not the personnel that they have.
0: One thing you don't see from the Patriots, or now that we heard that since June was the owner, he ain't going for another season of this team not getting into the playoffs when it comes to Robert Kraft, the Patriots' owner, back in June. Well, it's about winning. So... Let's see what happens. He's, he's done pretty good so far. I mean, I know it's important to him, too.
4: My objective every year is we make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And if you don't?
2: Well, I'm an optimist.
0: See, Robert Kraft let it be known not known, he let it be knowed, that what have you done for me lately? Because what was always the mantra with the pageway Way Bill Belichick? Not about saving players. He'd rather move on from a guy too early, one year too early, than a guy one year too late. I'm not saying that conversation is going to be had now, or should be had, but it should be had. Because here's the problem with Bill Belichick right now. In modern football, modern NFL is kicking his behind. That's what it's doing. Everybody, like you just said, everybody in that division has a dude yeah. to help out their quarterback. Tua tone can look out there and see Jalen Waddle one side. He can see Tyreek Hill the other side. Even with Zach Wilson and his troubles, You had a Garrett Wills on the outside, offensive rookie of the year last year in the National Football League. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen comes the line of scrimmage. Ooh, man, I got Stephon Diggs. Ooh, we drafted Dalton Kincaid. Ooh, I got Gabe Davis. I got three running backs. You look at the Patriots, and it's like they took a Pop Warner team and they're trying to win with the Patriot way. That Patriot way always worked when you had old number 12 behind you. Uh Uh-oh. Who covered up a lot of your sins and a lot of your transgressions when it comes to missing on free agents, missing on draft picks, and especially high draft picks. Old number 12 is not there. You got a Mac Jones you keep telling us, Bill Belichick, that you believe in this quarterback. Then why, as a general manager, have you not been able to find a way to get him people to be difference makers in modern football? That Patriot worked in 90s and 2000s and 2010s because you had number 12 that could cover those sins. He ain't coming back. He ain't walking through that door. Now what if that Patriot is going to work? When it comes to Bill Belichick and modern football, well,
1: that's why I say he's in denial because, unfortunately, he's the guy that's making the decisions when it comes to the personnel. And he just sat there and said, "We just heard the clip that he felt like they have." A pl- can we play it one more time? Can, can we Bill play Belichick? it one more time? The, yes, gr-
0: the group part. I think yes. we have pretty good talent on
4: offense. We just you know, all right. Stop it right up.
1: there. He <laughs> thinks they have pretty good talent on offense, and Bill Belichick <laughs> is the guy that's making the decisions about the personnel that's in there, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> may, maybe I sh, I need contacts. I need glasses. supposed to wear them, but I don't. But maybe I need to put them on because what I'm viewing is not the talent that they have had in the past. And he's saying that they have pretty good players
0: on offense. You know what it is? A lot of those guys you mentioned – Nobody thought they would be like that. Rob Gronkowski coming out of college had first round talent, but they got him in the second round because people worried about his back, worried about his back issues. Mm-hmm. We know about the whole story of Tom Brady in the sixth round. Julian Edelman played quarterback more at Kent State than he played wide receiver. Those guys are able to accelerate and overinflate where they were drafted. And number 12 made it work. Now, mm <laughs> We're not even going to get
1: on these wide receivers that Bill Belichick has drafted. Well, why not? The,
0: the defensive backs are on them. Why can't you get on them? Oh, my goodness. The defensive backs are all over them,
1: <laughs> like you white about, on rice. You talk about missing. It wasn't even a curveball. It was a breaking ball, curveball, mixed together. I don't even know how you do it.
0: Yeah, you can have that conversation, and nobody's going to say you're wrong about Bill Belichick and his future. Speaking of the future, are the Bengals done already? That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.